was um, blow our load prematurely in what was supposed to be a dry run. No, no, let's not blow our load too soon. This is a good. This is a good lesson to learn for everybody out there not to blow their load too soon. I think that's what happened in episodes one to three. Is we blew our load, nah. and then we had to reconvene. I think I am. Um, I'm just so used to early load blowing <laughs> that I live with it. I've I've got like great pregame blow loading, <laughs> <laughs> low loading, <laughs> and like, loading, and I can just fill that kind of space where the sex was supposed to be with a name chat for 45 minutes. <laughs> I like it. And on that, let's get into it. Let's get it on. Savage effect. Welcome back after a, a little uh, a little respite, I suppose. We didn't want to feel like there's eight billion people on this planet and you were latched too closely to two nondescript white cis uninteresting poor slightly depressed individuals. But you're you're back and we love you for it. I think we took a break for everybody else's benefit. Yeah, certainly not for ours. No, absolutely not for ours. Um, we were climbing the walls. We do almost nothing for our benefit these <laughs> days. These days, um, it's difficult. Except stare at each other forlornly, going, "What's wrong with us?" Uh, yeah, it's been a funk, hasn't it, the last few weeks? To be honest, what the funk? What the funk? A complete funk. Not an uptown funk. Certainly an East End miserable shithole funk. Yeah, that's the thing. But, you know, we all go there. Everybody's got to visit the the funk hole once in a while. This is it. I think, like, you know, these last few weeks I've become very aware of uh, my age. And not because of creaking joints, but because, you know, you go to, say, a job interview and one of the people interviewing you is a child. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're thinking, you know, all this life you've lived, all this experience you've got, all these skills that you've had over, say, what, 15, 16 years of professional working experience across three or four different industries. Injuries. Injuries. Each one of them hurt more than the last. Holding managerial roles, knowing software, doing all this stuff. Utterly meaningless in the face of a child who knows how to use Hootsuite. And Twitter. Yeah, well, fuck them. Yeah. Hopefully they were never vaccinated. And when the great plagues come, we'll be the ones that are laughing. Nothing against the kid, you know what I mean? But when you're in that situation, you just kind of realise that shit, like now, I feel like, you know, like in our Daniel Brick, when he's taking his his CV to places and it's handwritten. That's how I feel. Yeah, I had a similar experience about a week or so ago. There was a director who was substantially younger than I am. I'm standing there going, (laughs) oh man, the irony of the day that I'm living is like painful to get through right. and he was so fucking pompous oh, so pompous and it's like bro congratulations on firstly doing well in life. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly who's your dad yeah 
Because <laughs> you, you didn't get here jaded. on your own merits. Not to sound jaded, but who uh, is your dad? But we are. <laughs> I'm Absolutely exhausted. I'm pretty I'm, sure that's why you tune in to listen to this. Yeah, is I'm, jaded. I'm finding it difficult to sit in a comfortable chair. <laughs> My back hurts so much. That's from carrying the weight of the world. You could scooch under, under a little bit further. If I was to scooch any further under, I'd be lying on the floor <laughs> screaming to reach the microphone. Well, it's an improvement. Over the way we usually spend our days, yeah. which is crying on a sofa or watching. Not, not crying on. Not crying. On sofa, crying somewhere else. The tears are empty. <laughs> yeah, the tears, Cried them they, all out. They just won't come. <laughs> they just won't come anymore. No. Too many tears. Too many tears. Nonetheless, we've Nonetheless. come here for fun times and smiles. And Absolutely. We, we wouldn't want to bombard you with our. Um, Bleak sadness. Bleak but look, sadness. the thing that drives the satire is the absolute disdain for life. So let's um, let's take a little trip into the the world of the savage effect. That's true. But before we get into this episode four, I think we should do a couple of shout outs. Yeah. Do you want to? I do. Do you, do you want to lead the charge with the shout outs? I would love to. I think the first shout out really needs to go to Poly Action. Oh, Poly Action. What the sound, band, dudes. Oh, man. The band from... Um, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Absolutely. The band responsible for our theme tune um, have just released their debut album. It's out on Spotify. It's out on Bandcamp. You should get it. It's a brilliant album. Have you yeah, had the chance a, yeah, to listen to it all the way through? It's, oh, a, re- it's a really fun album. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. And they were so kind to, to let us use the track and they put this stuff up for free and, and you can listen to it there. And they even like sent us a message. I think the singer sent us a message saying cheers and things like that. So great band. Cheers, lads. Really good fun. Fab band. Um. Oh. oh, next shout out. Next shout out has to go to David Hon. Oh, number one on the list. Number one Hon, our biggest fan. <laughs> According to SoundCloud Analytics, Hon the Hon, Hon the Hon. We need to get the. I'm starting a campaign to get the Hon on. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I've got the Han right now. Oh, man. I tell you what, I think of the Han, and he gives me the Han. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, yeah, Dave Han, you're a Dave. legend. Thanks for all the support. And um, the love. Yeah, it'd be great to get you on one day. You can give us some of it. He's like one of the hardest guys I know. Would you say he's hard as nails? I harder. Would. I'd say he's probably harder than, harder nails. than nails. You know someone's... What's, what's possibly harder than nails, well, though? Well, you know someone's really hard when they say to you... And they look you in the face and they say, you know, Andy, there's not an awful lot of stuff that stops bullets. Apart from my um, hardness. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because he was in Afghanistan. So he was like, he'd, he'd have to be there and he'd get shot at. And just the brick, if they were, they were taking shelter behind a building or something, the bricks there are hollow. They're just hollow bricks. So they just shatter. They completely shatter. The only thing that you can get cover in Afghanistan is the ground. Yeah, that doesn't sound... So you have to lie down. favourable, does it? Nuts. That's like one hard mofo, you know, in my opinion. Well, thanks for the love, Dave. Yeah, cheers for the love, Dave. Thanks and for coming um, back from Afghanistan and then concentrating your efforts on listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for giving us the, the freedom to, to do this, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, or take that any way you will. I'm not going to get political. <laughs> No man, it was um, it's great to have all the support. Thanks to everybody who's been yeah, listening so far. Absolutely, everybody. We know we've got some really wonderful, uh, wonderful listeners out there who are really, um, you know, between just really like supporting us on social media and giving us a listen when we put it out to, um, you know, frantically texting us to demand that we do it again because, well, as sad as we thought our lives were, clearly there's people out there who need us more than 
we've realised. People and have nothing, clearly. Yeah. Well, I don't think they have nothing. I think maybe we're just... This funk is not going to work for our rhythm, is it? No, it's not. No, but we've fuck it, whatever, it. deal fine. with it. We'll find it. But it's alright. Stick with us through this episode. We'll find our we'll find our, um, our beats again. Because boy, have we got an episode for you. Boy, oh boy, do we. Well, I'd firstly like to give a shout out to the band that I've been listening to most recently, yeah. and that is Imagine Dragons. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but I can't help it. <sighs> fuck you and fuck everybody who's listening that did the same exasperated exhale that Andrew just did because Demons is a lovely song that I listened to <laughs> more times than I cared to admit recently. Dara is a 14-year-old girl. With taste. <laughs> In the sense that he has buds on his tongue for flavour. He can sense flavour. Flavour. Flavour flavor tongs. <laughs> the flavour flavour of yeah. the Irish community. Yeah, Dara Carroll. Oh, my my flavoured tongs are <laughs> dribbling. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, Hero and Error put out their EP as well. Four times now. We've done four episodes and we've given them four mentions. You think the least they do is give us a listen. <laughs> no, they don't. We've listened to their podcast. Yeah, do they care? Do they f- nah. 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 Well, they don't. They really don't. We'll remember. They really, yeah, we exactly. never forget over here. Wait till you hear the disdain this afternoon. We're like an elephant at Savage Effect. Like a fucking elephant. Yeah, endangered. And we never forget where our killing fields are, ever. Yeah, we'll never forget. Never forget. Coming at you. Like Cleopatra. I need to blow my nose. I'm having a... Blow it, man. What do I mean? I don't blow your nose. There's some toilet paper there. Ooh, nice. One second. If people are wondering why I have toilet paper in the studio, um, well, I don't have any kitchen roll. So that's been what I've been using to clean things. I used God knows how many rolls of uh, toilet paper cleaning the bathroom the other day. It was a hideous mess and it needed done. Um, no one cares about that. Nevertheless... Sorry, I'm back. Sorry. Thanks for coming back. Sorry, Darren I had to put up with him oh, for uh, the entire nose blowing experience. <clears throat> it must have been uh, awkward, as awkward for you as it was for him. <laughs> it's always awkward when I'm left on my own to yeah, talk. I know, unless I'm talking to myself, which we're worried about at the moment. It seems to become a bit of a problem. Yeah. I did receive a text message from Andrew um, earlier today saying, um, "You know, when you like just find yourself sitting alone, laughing aloud, and there's not really anything very funny," and I was like. Probably just gonna ignore this text because he's clearly in a fucking <laughs> state of madness. Anyway, he continued with, "Yeah, I think I do that too much. I'm a bit worried about my um mental health." I went, <laughs> "Join the fucking party, pal." I mean, it's just mental health. I mean, yeah, it's not like a bruise. It's yeah, you can't see. You can't it. see it, so it's not real, is it? Yeah, exactly. You know, you there know, you go. Emotions, they're not real. Nah. They're, nah. a, they're a fantasy, a middle-class luxury. Exactly. Exactly. They what are. is it you said to me earlier about Robert Carlyle in Riff Raff? In Riff Raff, yeah. Depressions for the middle classes. The rest of us have an early start in the morning. Yeah, well, I um, beg to differ. <laughs> As do I. But I'm finding that um, outlook and attitude is linked almost directly to finance. As soon as, you know, finance clears and, nah, you know, you've I got a little bit of wedge. At, I'm going to have to inter- interject there quickly because I think you're looking at it from your own perspective and I think it's a much broader conversation that I don't think we're equipped to deal with right yes, now. Yes, that is definitely from my own perspective. That's not what fuels fuels things like, you know, depression and stuff like that at all. There's many factors that fuel things like that. 
just from my personal perspective, right now, it's definitely finance related. A um, couple of broke motherfuckers. 100%. Thank God for the cafe downstairs letting us use their internet for free. <laughs> Don't tell them. We bought a coffee in 2013. We haven't come back, but we still have their Wi-Fi code. And all they've done is upgrade it. We believe they may have gone to uh, what's the brought by the fiber optic recently? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things are a lot. We faster. don't need to know those words. We just let them take care of it. That's just that's just the way it is. <laughs> nice guys. Nice guys. Nice well, guys. I, I think they're the one coffee. I think they're still in business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, their their internet still is. <laughs> Absolutely. What we're getting into today, man. Enough of this funk. Let's get into the show. Into we promised. Pe- First of all, I think we should lay out a disclaimer that on the last episode we said we were going to be doing a podcast about gender. We're not. We're not. Yeah, we got over that one. Yeah, we um, we realize that's conversation is happening too much everywhere else, and we're just not going to just fucking bang that drum. Yeah, it's we'll an enormous fig- kind of worms. Yeah, we'll let you all figure it out for yourself. You know, be what you want to be. Don't let us ever stand in your way, because we won't. No, we, we've no. We we don't have the money to leave the house to stand in your way. Exactly. So go out and do what you want to do, and never be afraid of Andrew or I am. Um, questioning what it is you're doing we'll no. be at home questioning what it is we are exactly ourselves. exactly and i think that's um yeah and also you know we like the means when looking into the research for it as well it's just it there's so much about it because you know you, you're not just talking about um just simple gender you're talking about word etymology you're talking about the history of where words come from how they're built it's it's just a huge thing to really understand it properly and to yeah. understand the history of it. And ultimately, for me, I'm I'm more interested in the history of words than I am about somebody's gender choices. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so yeah, so sorry about that. If you were tuning in expecting um, uh, episode agenda, maybe it will come one day, but maybe with somebody to help us along the journey. Yeah. Um, somebody that's not the same as us. Yeah, someone who's different and well, not different, the same. Kind of worms. Kind of yeah, worms. Look at you, you kind of worms. Prejudice inducing bastard. Already screwed up. You see, this is why we're not doing the episode. This is why we can't, this is why we can't have nice things or nice guests. This is why we can't have anyone on. Well, we can't have anyone on because you don't want anyone on. You what? just want two hours of you talking. Um, I would love if it was two hours of me talking, but we've reduced it down to 45 <laughs> minutes. That's true. So um, it's, just, it's just a shame that you're here sometimes, I think. <laughs> Well, we better get a move on because we're already at 13 minutes. What's your... What's the, hold your horses. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Why well, don't know why I'm in such a rush. I don't know. What did you say to me the other day? It was great. It was something about haste. Oh, it's a, a, a feste lente. A feste lente. Which means make haste slowly. It's not an Italian pasta dish. It's not. No, it's not. It's a Latin <laughs> term. Okay. Yeah. It's not um, Italian. It's not like feste lente. <laughs> eh, Wait a minute. Isn't, isn't Latin... Italian. Yeah, it's fucking dead. Whatever. It was <laughs> once upon a time. No one cares. Yeah, Latin. it's a beautiful phrase. It was thrown at me in, in one of my funk holes. And it kind of helped me, like, you know, it was like an armband to get out. It's great. And what, what does it mean? Make haste slowly. Make haste slowly. Yeah. Le... Festelente. Festelente. Yeah. Make haste slowly. It's beautiful. And beautiful. with that in mind, I think we should make haste slowly. Make haste. It's nice. Sorry. Haste me along. <laughs> don't expect. Don't, don't fucking tell me to move along and then stop. I'm doing it slowly, darling. The festilente. Sorry. Festilente, mate. This isn't. This isn't just dead air. It's <laughs> festilente. <laughs> 
But like we said, we've been doing a bit of thinking about the show and, and what to include. And obviously this show was started because we love Boy Meets World. We also love the early 90s. We love the early 90s. We do. It's because we're unwilling to move on. It's back to what Andrew said about age. We're both struggling with um, the, the loss of youth. Is that it? Do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's a come into terms with the fact that now it's adulthood and yeah. that's, that's it? Do you ever see um, Stand By Me and they're like 11 and they go on this coming of age journey? Actually, the thing is a coming of age. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. Yeah, hey kid, you want to see a dead body? So we're, um, <laughs> we're like... Chopper, sick balls. We're like 18 years beyond that and finally having our Stand By Me moments and Lord knows <laughs> I wish I'd done it when I was 12 <laughs> because it's a fucking pain in the hole to do it now. It really is. Um, yeah. Enjoy your childhood, kids. But also like end it as quickly as possible. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Be interviewing us for jobs within the next four years. If you're 12... Trust me, you'll be our bosses in four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault. No, this is it. I can't even get a job where the main piece of equipment is a PlayStation. Yeah, well, I mean, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I haven't played a PlayStation since Crash Bandicoot was out. Oh, yeah, I noticed the other night when we were playing FIFA, it was a shocking display, <laughs> Dara Carroll, like, <laughs> like, a really shocking display. Um, what's that awful team? Berlin. Terrible. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was... Pasted by Scumfarb. <laughs> <laughs> right anyway, now. there's no know. merit there. It's not a badge of honour to beat Dara at FIFA. It's so really not. I'll just take the wins where I can get them, quite frankly, you know. <laughs> any victory, any kind of victory would any, be great. Any goals a goal. <laughs> Whatever the old phrase might be. Speaking of 13-year-olds... Um, this episode, I guess we're going to be looking at the first episode of Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. The pilot episode. I don't know if anybody's seen it. Recently. Recently, but I have. As have I. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Do you, do you want to give a quick overview of what the episode's about before we launch into this incredible subject matter that raises some quite interesting questions about the bard and about how... Getting a bard on. A story becomes effectively more paedophilic the further north it gets. Effectively. <laughs> effectively. Because if we take, for example, this. Okay, so okay, so in, in researching this, in the episode of Boy Meets World in the pilot, Mr. Feeney is putting on a school production of Romeo and Juliet. And this is the thing. To teach the kids about the importance of love, blah, blah, blah. So I text Dara saying, should we, should we get someone who knows, you know, maybe what they're talking about? Dara's like, no. And I was like, all right. But the thing was, is that what Dara didn't realize, he was saying no to someone who's half English and half Scottish and all Northern. And so, of course, I just took that as do it anyway, because nobody tells me what the fuck to do. Yeah, well, Andy forgets that I'm Irish and it's a luxury to say no to English people. <laughs> this so, is the thing. No. So no. Yeah, no. it's great. No more. And that's no more thing. will you dictate how we do things. But I, I, I did do it anyway. And I had, a, I had a lovely conversation with a woman called Martha from the Young Shakespeare Company because I figured if anybody knows how to make Romeo and Juliet relatable to young people, it's the Young Shakespeare Company. So it was very, very fortunate to chat to this woman um, who had just done a run of Romeo and Juliet and I asked her a few questions and things like that. But at one point, 
during the interview, she dropped a bombshell. And that was that William Shakespeare did not write the original story of Romeo and Juliet. You know, Roland, Roland, Roland Emmerich told us this already with that film with him, the Welsh, Welsh lad from Notting Hill. What's his name? Risa Fans. What film was Risa Fans in with Roland Emmerich? The one about Shakespeare not writing the plays. Oh, oh, I thought you were doing all your fucking homework here. No, I was doing... Oh, what, what was that called? No. Un- Shakespeare didn't write it in love. Shakespeare didn't write it, yeah. Um, okay. I can't remember. Anyway, neither here uh, nor there. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> um, I, I'm lost. I'm trying to, I, I remember it because it was out for like a week. Yeah. And it didn't do very well. I can't remember. I know I was talking about it the other day, but the names. If anybody remembers, I'm sure we'll have Googled it by the time you hear this, but just, like, I don't know, text me. So aside from the conspiracy that Shakespeare didn't write all his plays... Or that Shakespeare was a collective of writers. Right, okay. Um, aside from that, um, what I discovered was that it was actually written in Italy in the 1500s. Verona, maybe. <sighs> Fair, maybe fair Verona. Maybe, maybe around fair Verona. It could have been actually. Um, and the guy it was written by a guy called Matteo Bandello, right? And he was this monk, right? He wrote this collection of stories called Twelve Stories, funnily enough. And um, he basically, yeah, put it out, whatever. But it got translated by a guy called Arthur Brooke in, I think it was 1562. This guy like translates it, puts it in English, and he calls it the tragic history of Romeus. Yeah. Now, in the Matteo Bandello version, Romeo and Juliet are in their twenties, which is almost like dead at the time this was written. They yeah, were, they were an older couple. An older couple. Yeah. God, they were just everyone would walk around the streets going, "Isn't it so lovely that they found love so later in life?" Jesus, she's beyond her prime, but he's taken her in anyway. This is it, man. In their 20s. And then they get married. Cougar. That was the word we'd use today. Oh, for sure. 20-year-old cougar. She was 23. In 1500s. In Italy. She was a cougar. Absolutely. This is, like like you say, this is old. But by today's standards, mm, young to get married. But that doesn't matter because this is what I'm saying about a story getting more paedophilic the further north it gets, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because by the time it gets published in the tragic history of Romeus God. in 1562, Juliet's no longer in her 20s. She's 16, right? And by the time it gets to Shakespeare, who apparently is most influenced by this Arthur Brooke version of Romeo and Juliet, she's 13. And fuck knows how old Romeo is. Um, nine and a half. No one knows how old he is. There's no definitive age for Romeo. Well, she was the cougar. Not anymore, <laughs> it seems, you know. Um, so I thought that was very, very interesting, which made me kind of think, is Shakespeare a pedo? Or did he just kind of invent teenagers? Hmm. Because it's just an interesting thing to think about, you know, because the idea of teenagers we know came about in the, what was it, in the 60s? This the the, yeah. the term teenager yeah. was coined Most in war generations. Right, so there's more affluence. Exactly. We won't let our children go through what we did, getting married at eleven on the streets of Verona. Let's move to America. I mean, create a term to keep them safe. <laughs> Thanks, Will. <laughs> oh, interestingly enough, Romeo and Juliet is written in iambic pentameter, right? Which is a measure of poetry. Iambic 
comes from the Greek I am. So William Shakespeare is the original Will I Am. Love it. There you go. Love it. There you go. And I mean, who's the original Fergie then? <laughs> the Duchess. Oh, of course, yeah. We have, like, the creation of Teenager in 15-whatever. We have the original Will I Am, and then we have Weight Watchers. Who says you don't get bang for your buck at this podcast? <laughs> Who says that you are not getting intellectual, interesting chat at this podcast? I just thought that this was very interesting, you know? I, I've been saying it. <laughs> Nobody's been listening. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what's interesting. I just thought that was interesting about Romeo and Juliet. It was interesting. I did, and I learned a lot about iambic pentameter. I'm which glad I that you finally. I'm glad you finally understand what iambic pentameter is. It's like it's it's a phrase that I use quite often. I'm often going. Uh, do, you have, do, you, do you mind yet. if I borrow a fag? Do you want to talk about iambic pentameter? It's your classic pickup line. Yeah, I it know. never fails. Yeah, I know. Do you know how many beats in this phrase? Ten. <laughs> Let me lay it down for you with some sweet iambic t- pentameter. That's the thing, you know? Because there's iambic pentameter, iambic tetrameter. Iambic, oh no, sorry, iambic pentameter is actually five because pent is five. And what you'd do is you'd split the line up into, so there'd be like five syllables in each, in each line. And it's good because like it was a poorly written haiku. In a way, yeah. Only an ex- only yeah exactly exactly but it's an interesting way to break it down in terms of if you wanted to say read read it and not get lost so it's a good it's a good way to to uh, to get the rhythm you can almost count a- along on a finger you know <laughs> in this in the case of Romeo and Juliet for those who can't see my fingers yeah and if you want to count from along to with five. me yeah it's uh, what is it um, Baz Luhrmann did it much better so it goes what is it two households that's three. Both alike in dignity. That's ten. That's the first line, right? In fair Verona, where we lay our scene. That's ten as well. So it's like from forth the fatal loins of, of these two, two foes. Foes. Ah, oh, works. Oh, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> the bad man. Look at that. He's a bad motherfucker. But then at the end of the day, just kind of a little bit lazy, really, because he was just using already established real. systems. Yeah. And apparently, this rip-off that was taken from Bandello has happened on multiple occasions with William Shakespeare from multiple of these same stories that were pr- pr- printed in this thing. He did it with Much Ado About Nothing. He did it with, was it Edward III? Is that one? Mm. No, the, the, the temp, no, I think it was the, te- no, the Merchant of Venice. Yeah. I suppose any of the Italian ones. Any of the Italian ones. Yeah, like, I mean, Hamlet probably wasn't written by a monk in southern Italy. No, probably not. No. Or Macbeth. No. No. Macbeth, oh, that's a corker, that. It's a corker, that. It's a, it's a good one. I love it. I've only seen it the one, so it was very entertaining. I saw it in the, saw it in the Globe. Oh. Yeah. No. It moved me. Somebody said Macbeth, and we all went, <gasps> the Scottish play, shush. You're not allowed to name it because it's bad luck if you're performing in it. Well, I wasn't, but I was hoping to get called up on the stage like Bono would have done back in the day with some show or something. Ah, <laughs> oh, Bono. Bono should play Macbeth. Can you imagine? Did you see, did you see the new one of Macbeth? <laughs> with Bono. With Bono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
what's that? I forgot the name of the three witches, so I've just called them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're just called the three witches. Yep, I'm sure he knew them on a personal level. He's Bono. He gets to know everybody quite well, doesn't he? I have killed, killed the king. Because <laughs> my wife wants to be queen. Wants to be queen. <laughs> oh, my God, right. Is is a story from my fundraising days in Edinburgh. There was this guy uh, that stopped on the street to speak to me. Now, when you're on the street fundraising, you can meet any host of of, of personality. Any host, right? So the guy stops and he starts talking to me. He's a really nice guy. He seems, seems really nice. He starts talking about, you know, his daughter and how he loves his daughter, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, do you want to see a tattoo that I've got of my daughter? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 cool, man. So he pulls up his shirt and all down his back, his entire back is like a tattoo of his daughter's face. And I'm like, whoa, that's, uh, you know, intense, intense, you know, intense. she's ugly as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he was no looker. Um, I hope he's really not listening to this. Um, I don't I don't think he will. But by that same token, he said he was like, I went on X Factor. And I'm like, oh, did you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did you too. Do you want to hear my you too? And I'm like, uh, well, yeah. And before I could get words out, he was like, I have one through the field. Like in the middle of Prince's Street in Edinburgh, I have to sit, well, no, stand just on Prince's Street, just with this guy, stood about a foot from me, yelling you two into my face until the song had finished. I went on X Factor. Did you? Yeah, did you do you too? <laughs> no. What did you do? You we went on an X-Factor. original composition. You did an original composition. Oh, risky business. Yeah, there was a, a group of us. There was uh, like 16 of us turned up in matching outfits. A bit like the polyphonic spree, except minus any musical talent or abilities, but all dressed the same, like a bunch of fucking mad bastards. It was a friend of a friend's dad was a musician back in the day, and he's... Um, He's a wonderful man, but he's a bit of a character, and he decided to put this band together, and his name is Gary. So we were the band of Gary's. The band of Gary's? Yeah, they played homemade instruments. <laughs> we were on after Leona Lewis, which means... We, <laughs> we didn't go down a treat. I believe the phrase that... Um, what's his chips? The, the he- your man that's on that show that does it. Cowell. Cowell. Simon. Cowell. Simon. Him. You can see how involved I am in sex <laughs> factor. <laughs> Said, excuse me, do you think this is a joke? And there was like a resounding yes <laughs> from the 16 people. Well, it was I mean, a bit crack. It's got to be a joke. I mean, Christ almighty. How is it, it got not us a joke? Out, got us out of the house for a day. Yeah, for sure, man. Could have got a record deal. Didn't. How did? How long did you have to wait? I'm always interested. Well, we that. went, um, the guys that initially did it, so there's three of them in the, like, the core band of Gary's. The uh, core's band. Not the core's. There's no Gary's in core. Just is it gym. not Gary Core? Just Jim. Jim Core. Jesus. We'll get to him in a little while. Oh, we're going to get onto the cores. Well, I wouldn't mind. I'd love to get onto the cores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, At least two of the girls. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can talk about Jim. He's a fucking character and a half. He's a mad bastard. The Q for X Factor. Oh, yeah. So... Is it long? Yeah, you have to go through two, the first. You go through the first round vetting before you get to the TV round. So you have to go through a non-televised one, and then we spent the. Well, we drove up from Bournemouth, um, with sixteen of us in a little convoy, and we arrived. Oh, I just remember it was so fucking hot, and you're standing there, and I'd say we were probably there for the best part of six or eight hours, mm-hmm. queuing before you could like be seen. Whoa. Yeah, and you got a lot of people there who are like. Talent. Look, we were aware of the fact that we were talentless. You were there as a joke. We were there for the crack, yeah. you know. But you've got people there who are like, "This is it." They're hedging all their bets. 
Whoa. And it's an interesting, it's a, like it's a curious place to go. Anybody that's looking to sort of see the, the madness of people's sort of ambition to like be, be successful without ever having to do any work, much like maybe two guys making a podcast. Um, I wrote notes this week, Dar. I, 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 I have to take umbrage with that statement. Take it. It's taken. Carry on. Moving on. <laughs> Look how quickly we resolve I'm, our problems. <laughs> I'm interested in 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 do people genuinely think that they're that's it? They queue. That's it, and then they're done. They're they're through. So no but, shred of irony for the situation. Oh, that's, that's it's being the, dealt with seriously. But I think one of the like maybe maybe because it was what it was two thousand and six. So it's eleven years ago. Uh huh. Um. I think it was quite early on in the days of X Factor, so I think the promise of something magical was still there before it became like a, <laughs> it's like ninety five percent piss take, five uh, percent okay, okay, somebody okay. who's going to make something, or maybe even like less than five percent of the people who get through make something of it. It's a one percent, if even you mm. know, not everybody can be One Direction. Mm. I mean, it's got to the stage now where people are re showing up. And they do a whole like yeah. thing around it, don't they? Oh, this person, they came six years ago and they weren't successful. But no, my favorite is when you watch, like, I mean, when you watch, when people, I don't, just to make that abundantly fucking clear, I don't watch that celebrity big brother thing. <clears throat> but it's like, who are the people on there? Well, one of them came 11th in um, X Factor in 1992. I mean, it wasn't a thing. It was just like the local. And it was like, hang on, these people are just celebrities for being contestants. They're just, how do you perpetuate a career in being a, like a, one of them? I don't know what you call them. A, a Z-lister. A Z-lister, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's interesting. That's fascinating. If they got together and wrote music as a group, like a Shakespeare type thing, then maybe they'd have like eons of success. Uh, they don't. Uh. That's, yeah, because... And are they, are they mostly young? Or is it is it just... Oh, man, it's a fascinating mix of people from all ages and backgrounds and ethnicities. Ethnic, ethnic, races. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, and they're just, you just, but it's thousands upon thousands of people, thousands of them queuing to, for, for a moment in front of these people to be told, congratulations, you're going through the next round. And, you know, that can, that sort of keeps their dream going a little while longer. And then, but, you know, as I said, Leona Lewis is in front of us and she did quite well off of it. Yeah. What does she do now? She's on some. Oh, I don't know. She probably does like strictly come. Yeah. Oh, something like some that. Gotta be, that. right? Yeah. Gotta be people who are famous for being famous yeah that's what you know, that sort of person i feel like before x factor comes came along these kind of people would have been singers on like early 90s dance tracks yeah you know what i mean yeah every one of them would have been a venga boy yeah right or like in the background of a i don't know like a madison avenue video sure but you, hey mean, we're, fa- we're madison avenue we're the third most popular dance act from australia can we get some European dancers? At the end of the day, you can have a mil- as many X Factors as you want. You're never going to find a Robin, are you? Or, you got to show oh, me love. Or a LaRue, for that oh. matter. Oh, exactly. No, LaRue's here. You are LaRue. Shh. We're not telling anybody the truth. Keep it low, keep it low, keep it low. LK, low key. Keep it low. Keep it low. Is it LQ, low key? Okay. I don't know. An LQ. We'll figure that one out. Um... Okay, so I blew through all my notes way too quick. She did actually speak about a lot of really cool stuff. Um, 
before about Romeo and Juliet where we had a conversation. It was interesting because her standpoint, I asked her, like, um, what's difficult about it? You know, like, I mean, how do you get in an age of iPhones and Marvel? How are you getting anybody to, to remotely get interested? She made a brutal Romeo and Juliet. Like, what was it? I think... Romeo dies of a drug overdose and Juliet stabs herself with some scissors. Oh, no, 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 no. That's literally how the original ends. No, she... Like, that is... One of them poisons themselves, the other one stabs themselves. That's not brutal. Oh, no, no, no. That's just using a different tool. He... Well, no, sorry. He he dies of an overdose. She dies of the the potion that he gives her. But what is it? It's um, Tybalt, who... Tybalt comes in and and the way that she staged it was like that Tybalt was actually a bit stupid in school because he's the only one who cares about the old family feud. She was talking about if you strip away the um the the this family feud that's been going on hundreds of years, then you've got a whole bunch of young people who really don't care very much about it. And the only one who really cares about it is Tybalt because he's not really got anything else. He doesn't have he doesn't do well in school. They have him. Um so he doesn't do well in school. So the only thing that he's got is this feud to kind of drive him and he's the and that's why he, he he stabs the dude with scissors in the classroom because they're winding him up and throwing paper at, at, at him and all that kind of stuff hang on this is in the, the yeah, adaptation I was going to say you're not giving a lot of context for those of us I'm not read Romeo and Juliet I'm because there's a whole different interpretation that none of us were I was like have you ever read it because yeah, that doesn't happen <laughs> basically no, it doesn't. This is how she staged it to make it applicable or to make it kind of more interesting to them. But she basically says that if it's just two kids having the worst 24 hours of their life. Baz Luhrmann, so he saved Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's even got an Italian name. He does. No, that's really Leonardo such a, DiCapulet. Such a good choice. Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo DiCapulet. Or as, who is it? My mum used to say Leonard Capri. My mum's fantastic <laughs> at making up words that don't like that don't make sense. Like I thought ibuprofen was called ibuprofen. 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 For until I don't know until my mid to mid to late twenties. Well, I was recently having this conversation with somebody. It was about um, two years ago. I realised that midges are called midges and not called midgets. And I was there going, these fucking midgets are annoying the shit out of me. And someone's like, they're midgies. And I was like, my whole life has been a fucking lie. And now I look like I've got prejudice <laughs> all over me. Not just midgies. <laughs> I'm covered in insect bites and hatred. <laughs> oh, insect bites, man. I know Maybe a lot Julia of Julia would have had them. They would have. Yeah. They would have. But it was just interesting to hear her talk about that. Like that. She says she doesn't get bogged down in the language too much because people kind of get it. I'd hope they would. It's mm-hmm. English. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> people do kind of you understand. Know, I mean, if it was written in Italian and there's people in English schools not getting it, it would be understandable. But it is written in English. It may not be like very straightforward English, but I mean like just like click your brain on there, kids. But this is part of it. It's like because of this iambic pentameter thing, you know... Part of me thinks that there's just clearly superfluous words, like, put in there. Because he might have been writing going like, oh, like, ooh, this is... I'm making him Italian. <laughs> this is... Uh, he's French yeah, now. Yeah, he's French now. <laughs> he's French. So, this is... I am French William Shakespeare. And I have only eight 
I have only four syllables in this. I need it's another two. Guillaume. <laughs> Guillaume Shakespeare. Romeo. <laughs> Alpha Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Alpha Romeo and Juliette. Oh. Hey, papa. Hey, Juliette. <laughs> I'm sorry, French, but don't worry about it because you won't have to deal with us for much longer, will you? I'm sure that after Brexit goes through, they'll put a massive firewall around the British Isles and you won't have to deal with any internet from this floating... Prison. Prison. Yeah, effectively. I don't think it's so much... What really annoys me more is not so much that people... It's not so much as people can't come. It's that I can't leave. Yeah, well. I think that's that's more of the... That's your problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dara, marry me. Make me a European. Uh, you have to join a long list of people who have asked me to do that. Um, and each of you will be given... One day, just before the Brexit day occurs, I'm going to have like some sort of like death match. <laughs> and I will stand atop some sort of pyramid that I've built and you will each have to race through multiple like courses of you know with they be treacherous or one must use their mind or their physical abilities or you know to or any sort of thing that got, and they're going to be crazy but whoever gets there first will be granted my hand in marriage and therefore a European passport. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. I know, I like right? It. It's going to be great. I think I'm kind of holding out for the fact that it'll be I'm the X factor of passports. <laughs> Nine hundred thousand people turn up, and you're getting it, Leona Lewis. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to have tryouts. Um, maybe you could put her in a singing composition. But I'm kind of holding out that maybe Scotland will go independent finally, and my half Scot will be va- be a valid passport, and then I'll get into the EU that way. Maybe. I'm kind of hoping and praying that that's With what happens. With my veto, just for the crack. Oh. I, might, I might go home. You wouldn't. Join the government, become a TD, and stand there going, now I want to be an MEP, and I'll represent Ireland going, no! <laughs> Ireland says no. And I'll text you going, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway. And on that note, considering, I mean... Only 50% of us are Red Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> or Vida's Vienna. Vienna? Verona. Fair Verona. Which, before we go, maybe on the next episode we'll talk about the whalebone in Verona, which is fucking fascinating. Ooh. And that'll help you get out of your funk if you can ever see it. I like this idea about talking about the whalebone. But we'll, um, I think we're going to wrap it up there for this evening, folks. Because, I think so too. You know. It's been a bit of a funk. You've yeah. you, you've learned a lot about Romeo and Juliet. We're like, we're like George Clinton and... Booty Collins We've got so much funk But Well no hang on They were the good funk We're the bad funk We're nothing like George no. Clinton Or no. Booty Collins no. We're bringing you all the Negative funk yeah. in the world This is a neg episode This will go down as the Neg Neglige Neglisode Neglisode Yeah Negpocalypse Yeah I think so Anyway Fuck yous Thanks for listening Check us out on What's it called the one with the fewer syllables, fewer, not without pentamic diameter. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's at SavageFX. <laughs> Follow us on uh, Twitter. It's uh, at SavageFX podcast. FX. FX. Like the 80s movie special FX. That was a brilliant film. Great film. Oh, who was that? That was. Um, no one that you'll remember. He's an Australian guy. He was caught, or the Australian guy, but the other guy out of Rambo. Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. One of the funniest things, my mate, uh, my dad, he had this pal called Jack Dennehy. Right, but he, he like he, he was so funny because um, he told this story once, and he was like, um, 
You remind me, he said he'd gone to Spain somewhere and he was on Spain on a holiday, I think if I remember correctly. But some guy said to him, you look like the guy of uh, Rambo. And he goes, what, Sylvester Stallone? And he's like, no, the fat sheriff. <laughs> Brian Denny. I fucking love Brian Denny. Brian Denny, Brian Denny he was the Brian Cox of the 80s. Oh, yeah, man. Everybody was in fucking everything. Nobody knew who he was. I had a friend at Wasn't home. Brian Cox the Brian Cox of the 80s? Oh, Brian Cox is the... But he was in Manhunter, which was in the 80s. Yeah, I know, but he was never that older kind of nondescript gentleman that he became. He was still Shakespearean then, yeah. I guess. He was still yeah. doing his... So he became... He was sort of like... Nobody knows who Brian Cox is until he became the Brian Dennehy of our generation. Yeah. yeah, I had a friend whose dad used to say to me, he's like, so you want to walk in the film industry, do you? I'm like, yeah, 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 I do. And he's like, do you like Brian Dennehy? <laughs> I was like, he's all right. He's like, oh, I love Brian Dennehy. He's one of my favourite actors. <laughs> oh, God, I'd love an old film with Brian Dennehy in it. No, I'd watch anything, anything that Brian Dennehy's in. No, he's, oh, God, he's the bust. I don't know what accent that's become. Is he still alive, Brian Dennehy? Yeah, he I is. I the last thing I saw him in was Assault on Precinct well, 13. Well, he may be dead. May, he may be dead, but I was listening to um, another podcast recently. That's conspiracy, guys. Fucking phenomenal if you haven't checked it out. Oh, yeah, check out those And they're talking about the Mandela Effect, and one of the things they talk about is Brian Dennehy being everybody being convinced he's dead. But he's not dead. But he might be. I haven't checked it up since I listened to that. It was just he was one of those things. You know, right. speaking of that, we should check out the Hollywood Bushwhackers on one, uh, one episode as well, like go a little bit in depth into that. But for now, Bonsoir, Twitter, Savage FX Podcast. Send us an email, savagefxpodcast at gmail.com. Even if you've got nothing to say, just send an email because it kind of makes us feel wanted if our phones go. It's sweet validation. Yes. Um, sweet. Validation. And you can also check out the website, savageeffect.net. And also, the first person to send us an email, I will send a copy of Semi Sonic's uh, 2000 album. Feeling strangely fine. Strangely fine. I will send you that. I'll send you a copy of that. First person to send us an email gets a CD copy of Feeling Strangely Fine. You heard it first there, guys. The first competition. First competition. That's an amazing prize. What an album! What a fucking album! I love it. Yeah. Right. That's for you, listener. Bye, guys. Bonsoir. Love you all. See you later. Romeo and Juliet is a comedy for like two thirds of it. It's like literally a rom com, right. and it should be played as such. And then someone dies, and it's not funny anymore. Um, but essentially, for the first two thirds of the play, it's like um, you know people having scraps on the street. And if you take away, if you take it out of fourteenth um, century Verona or whatever, then and you put it in the twenty first century. And you actually take away the elements of, um, essentially, that, that there's huge gang violence. And you put it more in the fact that there's this feud that goes back centuries, but actually young people don't really care about it. And do the older people even really care about it? Once you, once you take away the feud, which actually in the text it, it, you can do, it becomes a story about two teenagers falling in love at the wrong time. It, yeah, it, it was interesting to do it like that. We had the um, Tybalt was uh, was pretty much the only one in our, in our version that cared about the feud. He needed he needed it because all the other all the other kids in it are really intelligent. 
you know, Romeo's really clever. He writes poetry. We, we had him writing music, and Juliet's really clever because she can challenge Romeo, and she's got this incredible use of language. And um, Mercutio's really clever because he knows how to wind people up. And everyone, you know, everyone's got their intelligence, and we, we felt that Kibble, if in a school context, there's this element of why does someone become a bully because they because they need to compensate for something and we had that Tibble actually became a bully because he couldn't keep up and that's why he holds on to the feud because that's his thing um and that was really recognizable for the kids I think in the audience because they'd been taught at school you know that it was just this big feud and everyone was to blame and blah 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 but actually if you really stripped it back and you looked at why bullying happens in classrooms and why arguments happen between young people often it's because you know why why are these villains born when they're 15, 16 and it's because they're repressed or it's because they're told that they're not good enough or it's because they need to find a way to punish everyone around them for punishing them. And so that's what we made Tibble. We made him really neglected by Lord Capulet. We made him ignored. You know, we made him really quite severely bullied by Mercutio and in turn Romeo and Benvolio. Um, and then it, so the scene in which Tibble confronts Romeo and then Mercutio end up dying actually began with Tibble coming into the classroom and with, like without the text we thought added this in you know, Mercutio winding him up by throwing balls of paper at him or um, meowing at him because they call him king of cats and stuff like that mm. um, and actually he, he was just really upset by it you could see him getting physically like mentally just really really wound up and he felt really sorry for him so then when he comes up and he confronts them it makes total sense and you can see kids in the audience beginning to really relate to they've either been the one that's bullied or they've been the Mercutio where they've sat there and thought it's just really funny to wind someone up and it starts as funny and it ends not funny um, and that was kind of like our main driving force through it um, was that these are just teenagers essentially if you play them as teenagers they're just teenagers having like the worst 48 hours of their life it just gets <laughs> completely out of control because yeah. it takes place over such a sport, short time span and so to really make sense of why that happened so quickly and to make that plausible if it's just people who are in not, not in control of their lives in any way and are just completely out of their depth um, for example uh, Romeo and Juliet get married in Cy Lawrence's like a school um, what's it, like, par- like pastor or whatever um, sort of therapist I guess counsellor and they get married like in his office at lunchtime and um and then when uh, Juliet, when he gives Juliet the um, potion to kill herself, instead of going home, she stays in the office. And we had this idea that she was supposed to go home and take it. And actually, she stays there and she takes it in the office. And just, so it all takes place like on this desk chair, on this desk, like in a school environment. Um, and she ends up killing herself. Romeo ends up killing himself by like um, overdosing. And she ends up stabbing herself with a pair of scissors from the in the first aid box and there's all these things actually when you strip away all the like magic of it or the um or the or the grandeur of it it actually these things happen to these kids and you know uh, you know half of them in the audience they've all had these kind of loves that they think will last their whole lives and and they do anything for and are completely destructive and they're watching this and they get it um which is nice because they're literally looking at themselves 